welcome to Stirring Faith with Cherry Strange, formerly the She Yearns podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Stirring Faith aims to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Cherry Strange. For the next few minutes, we're going to talk about something you probably know with your head. You can give me the convincing right answer, but very few, if you were honest, may be able to profess that you know by experience. There are some things that you may not have experienced, but you know. I understand that right now the coronavirus is very, very bad if contracted. I hear the authorities. I understand how the virus works. I know my history. Therefore, I won't be taking any trips where the threat is great or hanging out in any quarantined areas. I don't need to contract the virus and experience the effects to understand its destructive capabilities. I have not been through a tsunami, but I feel I have enough of an understanding to believe it exists and to heed the warnings put in place for evacuation measures to take and how serious to listen because of the capabilities of their destruction because I've seen the devastation. I've heard the accounts and even though I've not experienced it for myself, I believe it to be true. Neither have I eaten mahi-mahi, regarded as the best tasting saltwater fish you can get. You may disagree, but that is the word on the street in my area because I live by the ocean. This is an important feature of life around here. Although I know this is an accepted fact to fish connoisseurs, including all sorts of experts in real life and cyberspace, not to mention the general sea fish loving public, I don't have to understand mahi-mahi is really awesome, if not the best saltwater fish available, to know that it just is. Well, you might be interested to know that a lot of people view the love of God towards them like the coronavirus, or a tsunami, or mahi-mahi. For instance, when 120 seminary students were asked a simple question, they were asked if they believed God loved them, like, is the coronavirus real? Are tsunamis dangerous? Is mahi-mahi excellent saltwater fish? Does God love you? That was the question. 120 seminary students, only two of them said yes. Instead, they gave textbook heady answers, absent of experience, much like ours might be. Does God love you? If we were to ask that question, they would give answers like, well, I know the right answer is yes, but, or I know the Bible says he does, but, or I'm not sure I believe it. I think these God-seeking students are onto something regular people like you and me face day to day. How can we know the love of God more deeply and convincingly than even we know the coronavirus is a real threat, that a tsunami is not to be trifled with, or that mahi-mahi is melt-in-your-mouth delicious? How can we know the love of God? Before we're done today, I pray that you will see that the two realities, knowing with your head and experiencing it with your life, go hand in hand when it comes to how God desires for you to know His love for you. The Bible is clear that God has every intention of not only telling us of His love, but showing it to us and enabling us to experience it. Knowing the right answers with evidence springing forth from your life is what He most 
desires. Today, my desire is that you finish our time together seeing God's desire for you to receive his love toward you and that you leave with three ways we can know with our minds and by experience the love of God. How do I know it is God's desire for us to know his love towards us? Well, one way is he tells us. Romans 5, 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. That's one way. He also shows us that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's Romans 5, 8. Also, we have John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We know that verse. That is a demonstration. He shows us that he loves us. But then he's not done. Not only does he tell us, not only does he show us, then he enables us to receive it. And that, I think, is what is so incredible. This is from chapter 5 of Romans, verses 2 through 5. Through him, Jesus Christ, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. And he's going to talk about that for a minute. Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. And this is where we get the information right here. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What we have happening here is that God has prepared a masterful plan for the purpose of extending his mercy and love toward you and me. He proclaims it in his word. Then he demonstrated it in action. Love becomes an action. Jesus Christ died for sinners so that we could have eternal life. And then if that were not enough, because we are not capable of receiving all he can give in the capacity he can give it in the magnitude to overflowing undeservedly as we are, God provides a mechanism even for that, and that is the Holy Spirit. There is this phrase, and I don't know if you caught it, that is in verse 5. So let me read it again. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's easy to look at the phrase, has been poured as a once and done at salvation sort of context. The wording here actually suggests that it continues to happen. It keeps on happening to us so that we receive the outpouring of God's love again and again. It might be understood like this. Because God's love is continuously being poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You could use those words instead. How do I know it is God's desire for you to know his love towards you? He tells you. He's shown you. He has enabled you to receive it and desires to pour more and more and more love into your heart. How can we know with our minds and by experience the love of God? And now I want to move into those three elements because we've just seen that this is his desire because he tells us, he shows us, and he enables us to receive it. And that is clear through the word of God and through his actions. But how can we actually know it with our minds and by our experience? The first way that we really have to understand is that it's just a spiritual thing. You and I cannot force it. It's completely spiritually directed. As we just saw in these verses, it's done by the Holy Spirit. But that is so refreshing. It's not something that you can do right or you can mess up or you can, let's say, oh my goodness, I'm not doing it right. God brings it about by the work of the Holy Spirit. But it's limited and restricted to believers in Christ, which means you need to ask yourself, have you confessed with your mouth that you are a sinner? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God who came to rescue and redeem you to forgive your sins? 
Have you asked him for forgiveness and admitted that he is now the Lord of your life? And in that admittance, have you turned from that former life that was sinful to give him your whole life and to follow what the Bible teaches? If so, the Holy Spirit is alive in your life and is active inside of you. Which leads me to the second way. The first way is that it's a spiritual thing. You don't have to do anything uh, about it. It, God is going to do it. But in order for that to take place, you got to ask for it. Just ask for it. We see this in 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. The Lord can direct your hearts. We think crazy stuff like we can't help who we fall in love with or we can't stop ourselves from how much we crave Oreos. Not so fast. Clearly, the Bible teaches that our hearts can be directed or redirected. If you're not sensing the love of God or if you're theology is not lining up with your reality. You don't feel that the Holy Spirit is pouring love into your heart. The Lord can direct your heart toward Him or redirect your heart toward Him. But He is not going to share the space. It's not Him and the Oreos, if you know what I'm saying. If there are things or people or places or endeavors, passions or pursuits that are taking all that heart space up instead of Him, and there's no room for the Holy Spirit to navigate, well, then we need to do some work here. We need to clean it out. Get rid of all those Oreos. Begin to pray that the Lord would direct your heart. I need more space here, Lord. It it can't be filled with you if I'm cramming all this other stuff in here. I know that, and I need you to redirect my heart toward you. The Bible is clear that He will do it. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love. He will do it. There's another way that we can pray. This is the thing that really got me here in the first place. Have you ever noticed how often Paul prays in his letters? I used to just gloss over this until I had this epiphany. I think these are here for me to pray to. <laughs> I just I just listened to his prayer in Ephesians one time and I was blown away. And it, this one in chapter 3 is really powerful. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, we could camp here for quite a while, but for now, my point is this. We need to act upon what Paul is doing. He is praying that these believers know the love of Christ and be filled with all the fullness of God himself. This tells me that they didn't know. There was still a disconnect between what they knew in their heads about the love of God towards them and what they were experiencing day in and day out, just like what can happen today with you and with me. But Paul is communicating, it doesn't have to be this way. This is weighty language Paul is using. He can't come up with greater terms here. He has nothing more to use to express himself and how vast the love of God towards us really is. It's almost as if he's saying, come on, I triple dog dare you. It's so intense. If I don't pray for you to have more strength, which he does twice, you won't even be able to bear the gravity of how much love there is waiting for you. Just ask for it. And so that is my challenge for you. Just begin to ask for it. Ask for God to clear up the space and direct your heart towards him and then ask him to 
give you this love. Way number three, how can we know with our minds and by experience the love of God? Go with what you can know. Our tendency is to sit around and wait often until we feel prepared or ready all sort of faith-filled and equipped like we know enough before we move out and start doing the thing we believe God's asked us to do. It's sort of like before you leave on a trip, you have your suitcase out and you're mostly finished packing, but you're still waiting on those last loads of laundry to finish. You're not even sure you're going to take anything in them, but you're waiting on that laundry and one more trip to the store and your toiletry bag and maybe another pair of shoes and that extra outfit you might need before you can close that puppy ready to head out the door. You just leave it open at the end of the bed in case you need to think of something else. And so here's what I'm suggesting. Just close it and go. There's likely a Walgreens and a Starbucks within 100 feet of your destination if you're in the U.S. If not, you will survive. In terms of your walk with the Lord, there are many ways the Lord describes Himself and how God makes Himself known to us. He is a rock, living water, the bread of life, the vine, a God who cuts covenant. Getting to know who He is and what He is like is possible. We won't know Him completely, but there is a lot we can know. You don't have to have all the answers before you put feet to action. You don't have to be filled with all the knowledge of God before you have any experience with Him. To go with this same illustration, put what you have in your suitcase and go. Don't just wait around and fill all the space. Add more as He gives you experiences. Paul says that the love of God surpasses knowledge. As you add more knowledge of who God is and what He's like, the Holy Spirit's going to be working continuously pouring His love into your heart. It is a both-and kind of mechanism that is happening. How can we know with our minds and by experience the love of God? We go with what we know, but we go. Now, every moment in the Christian life is not a show-me-your-glory like Moses on the mountain with God kind of moment. Some days are just regulations about blight and mildew kind of normalcy. But in the normalcy, we can know and experience the love of God being poured out on us. Starting today, if you will move in this direction, recognizing it is a spiritual thing, God moves on God's timing and His ways. Confident, you can ask to know and experience more of His love and be willing and ready to go with what you know, you will realize more intimacy with greater power and fewer boundaries the love of God toward you. That's all we have for today. Don't forget to sign up for the new podcast, She Prays, on the new RSS. We would love to have you listening on that, but it is a new RSS. It's no longer being offered on this RSS. So go over to iTunes and sign up for that or Spotify, and we would love to have you participate that. That comes out on Fridays. It's about five minutes, but... Remember to do that. We would love to have you join us on those days. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Stirring Faith Podcast. We plan to release a new episode once a week. I would invite you to become a subscriber because it makes it so much easier to make sure you get it. Please remember, rate, review, and share the podcast. You're the one that makes the impact. And you never understand the difference your suggestion could make in the life of another person just by recommending and sharing the resource. So please pass along what you find here. Don't keep it to yourself. It's so easy to do. Post it from Spotify. 
It's so easy. Or put it in your stories. I would personally be grateful. And remember, there's more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful resources at your fingertips. Just go to www.sheearns.com where you're going to find reading plans, videos, articles, and other resources more than there's ever been before to help stir more desire for God into your everyday life. I'm Cherry Strange. It is always a pleasure to meet you here.